Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the topic of not telling our children how they feel. And I got to tell you, I feel pretty passionate about this. And I promise you, like I promise, promise, promise you, I will give you tools, actionable steps into how to help your children find the feelings themselves, how to help your children learn how to communicate their own feelings rather than us giving it to them. The reason I feel so passionately about this topic in particular is because there is so much, so much out there right now. Really, I love that I have started hearing other people call it scripted parenting. And while the individuals who use this type of technique or tools in terms of giving you, the listener, like giving you this information to be able to learn and be like, okay, in this situation, that's what I should do. In that situation, that's what I do. There's all well and good intentions. However, two issues with this. Number one is it's more on the psychological lens of how to communicate. Number two is that shit does not show up in real time. Are you like, hold on, let me, let me grab my phone, go back to Instagram, find the same thing and see what XYZ told me to say. And then when we don't do the thing, then we guilt and shame ourselves because we didn't show up as such and such told us to. And what I do with every single one of my clients and in my Thrive Like a Mother program and my Battling Burnout in teaching all of my clients sensory and emotional regulation, the f- literally the first step is building a pattern within your brain to ask yourself, how do I feel over and over and over and over and over? Because that is a part of our brain that has been neglected for so incredibly long. And I've said this before, but our parents didn't do anything wrong. They just didn't know back in the day. They didn't know that generation, how important it was for us as humans to really utilize that information and tap into that information and honestly allow us to have a voice of like, how do we feel? And 99% of the time when I ask my clients, how do you feel? Did your, did your parents ever ask you that? Majority of them say no. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like they didn't. Right. And so we don't want to repeat that pattern. Why? Because the first step into sensory and emotional regulation is checking in with your emotional feelings, checking in with how you actually feel. Most of us don't even know. We've either 
masked it or we've ignored it or we've pushed it down because society has taught us to do differently or be differently. And so we're showing up as something we're not. But that is probably one of the reasons why doing this work with me or my team is so transformational because you're finally stepping into exactly who you've always been, yet you never realize that at the end of the day, sensory and emotional regulation is at the core of trying to finally find exactly who you are and allowing you to be who you are and be that vulnerable human. The reason I feel that this is so crucial for children is because we want our children to be able to speak up. We want our children to be able to have a voice. We want our children to be able to say how they're feeling. And for me, individually for me, I have so much stake in the game in terms of mental health. And for me, this all goes back to mental health. And I 1000% truly believe we are missing the mark in terms of mental health being more of a psychological rather than a neurological. It, it, it's the mark is being missed. And I hope that I'm moving the needle in a different direction, a tiny, 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 tiny bit. But for me, I don't want to tell my children how they feel. I don't want to spoon feed them different emotions. I don't want to predict or that must be hard or like, oh, it sounds like you're feeling sad or like, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to teach my children at the youngest age possible for them to recognize the feeling that's going on within their brain and their body. And I have worked with both of my children for years, like years doing this. Now I get into finding that some clients, some children and humans just in general, like they push those feelings away so hard. It's like they will literally beg, borrow and steal. They will literally say the meanest, nastiest things they humanly possibly can, even children to be able to get out of finally just saying their feelings. And I got to tell you, ding, ding, ding. Lucky for me, I got one of those fellows. One of my kiddos moved through the steps with flying colors. The other one it has been a process. And I have many, many clients who tell me, this is hard. Like they don't want to talk about their feelings. They're pushing it away or they're angry at me or they'll say the thing. And I, I fully understand. Like I fully, fully, fully understand because I've lived it within my own home. But let me tell you why this is so important. If something is going on at school, if someone is, let's say, bullying or if someone's God forbid, touching our children, you know, in the wrong way, or I don't know what, right? But just like think of a, a not great scenario. I want my children to be able to verbalize how they're feeling with immediacy. And when I talk about immediacy, I'm meaning comfort, not discomfort. I want my children to look someone in the eye and be able to say, that doesn't feel good. I feel scared or I feel uncomfortable or I feel sad or I like whatever it is. I very much know from my life experience that I only get one shot at this. I get one shot to be able to make sure that my children have the mental health that they need and that all of us honestly crave. And that starts with 
being able to verbalize our emotions. Let me tell you a story. So two years ago, I was asked to talk to one of my kiddos' classrooms about Hanukkah. And they were still doing, like, no parents could go into school. So I did it through Zoom. And I, like, you know, Googled some things to be able to explain and, da, 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 you know, just like in layman's, like, perfect, like, simple terms of what it is. And I've got my little menorah here standing, you know, in my Zoom little lens and all that into the dreidel and all the different things. And I am not kidding you. I am talking to the class who is sitting, they're all sitting in a little circle on the carpet, looking up at me, you know, at the screen from my little Zoom. And my, one of my kiddos, who I don't really give names because I love making sure that they have their own private lives. And it's not really my story to tell in terms of who they are. They get to give that to the world, if you will. Um, But I see one of my kiddos very uncomfortable. And he's not sitting where all the other kids are sitting. He's basically slightly acting out in terms of, I could tell that it was more of like excitement and the attention was on mommy instead of me. And I could see that there was discomfort and I'm literally continuing to go and smile and talk about Hanukkah and all the damn shit. And I literally wanted to like jump through the screen and give my son a hug and be like, I'm right here. Like I'm all yours. Like, it's okay. Like, how are you feeling? Like, let's talk this through. I couldn't, I just had to keep going. So he gets home. We talk about the things and I say, Hey buddy, how did you feel when mommy was talking about Hanukkah today on zoom? I'm not kidding you. The first answer he said was, I don't know. And I was like, okay. I was like, but how'd you feel? And he was like, and this is the one, by the way, I told you one is very willing to share. The other one is, it's kind of like pulling teeth to get those feelings out. And he goes, I was jealous. And like, he kind of said it like, he didn't really want to say it, but he said it under his breath. And I was like, I literally, no joke, put my arms in the air. And I was like, yes. And I was like, thank you so much for sharing. I was like, so excited. I was so excited that he shared the emotion because he's getting down to the root layer of what the heck is actually going on rather than, I don't know, saying a million different other things to weasel's way out of even having the conversation. That to me is so much more important for him to recognize how he's feeling in that moment and what is going on within his own brain and body rather than, I I don't know, compliance or sitting or, or even giving a natural consequence because he wasn't doing the correct thing at the correct time, whatever it is, or whatever, even you're saying, no, that should have been X, Y, Z done. The fact that he could verbalize how he was feeling to me is worth a million dollars because I know that when it matters most, he's going to be able to show up for himself and share the uncomfortable feelings. And I feel that so many of us in this world have learned such an excruciatingly, honestly painful pattern of ignoring and pushing down and finding ways to avoid our feelings, finding ways to ignore and and suppress and neglect our feelings. And like I've said, I have so much skin in the game because I need to know, like I won't sleep at night. I need to know that my children have mental health. I I need to know that because having a dad who 
wasn't strong in that area of mental health and didn't make it, my children have a higher risk of, of doing the same thing. And so it's not just about making sure that my children know how to sensory and emotionally regulate their own nervous system. Yes, that is at the core of it, what this is about, but being able to share their own feelings, even if they're uncomfortable for us as parents is the bottom line like the bottom, bottom line. And it should be the basics of all parenting. Even if our children saying, I'll give you an example. Even if you snapped at your kids and you go to your kids and say, hey, how'd that make you feel? And they say, I'm really angry at you. I feel really sad. That really hurt my feelings. It's okay to accept that. And it's okay for them to share the hard emotions because we want them to be able to verbalize any and everything to us. Because if something does happen on the playground, or a child does feel bullied, or a child is struggling with their own mental health, and then out of nowhere, there's a note in a child, you know, like, there are so many things that happen where parents are like, I had no idea. And allowing your children to say how they feel, letting them feel that safety, there is so many benefits to that. Yes, again, sensory and emotional regulation, that is the first step to sensory and emotional regulation. The first step, the number one most important first step is how do you feel for you and your children? But we need to be able to know that our children have a safe space for any feeling, for whatever is coming up within their brain and their body for it to land and to know that mommy, daddy will not be angry or upset or brush it off, if you will, that is so incredibly crucial for children. And so what I see is that let's say a child's crying and you say, oh, do you feel sad? Or I see that this is a lot of what the scripting parenting says. I see that you feel sad right now. Like, "Mm -mm, no, you're taking the easy way out. Like that's the easy way out for our children to just be like, oh, thank you for spoon feeding that to me. I have a client who, when she first started working with me, the only motion her son could verbalize was happy. Like literally when he was pissed off and angry and like trying to punch a wall, he still said happy. She was like, how do you feel? Happy. Well, mm, are you sure? Like, no. And now he can verbalize and he does a phenomenal job of writing. He, he just, that is his outlet for him. And he's eight years old. I mean, it's incredible. But he verbalizes and and writes down how he feels. And it is so necessary. And I'll give you an example of this, especially with him, is he, the word interoception basically means to feel what you're feeling. So feel that you need to pee, feel that you have to poop, feel that you're hungry, feel all these things. He avoids pooping. A lot of kiddos actually do when it comes to your, your booty hole is a, a muscle, right? It's a sphincter muscle. And so you tighten it up when you're feeling anxious or you hold on to it. Yeah. And so that's a way to regulate. Crazy enough, if you're having poop issues with your kids, ding, 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 send this to someone so that they know it's totally normal. And it's part of sensory and emotional regulation. But anyway, he was doing that. And so being able to verbalize how he was feeling, I'm feeling anxious about, you know, pooping or I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that allowed him to move through the holding the withholding of his poop for many, many years. And so verbalizing your, your emotions is, and feelings is key in every aspect of life, like every single aspect of life. Sometimes, yes, do we need to push our kids to do something, but they will share 
this doesn't feel comfortable. I don't want to do that. If we allow the space, if we allow the space. So sometimes I get the question of how early can I do this? Do it as early as they can talk. Literally as early as they can talk. I started this with Eli at two, two years old. Charlie, probably three or four. But that's when I started doing this work on all three of us, if you will. So now I'm going to take you through like what it looks like or how you can move through this with your children. And so many of us want sensory and emotional regulation immediately. Great. Give me tips and tricks. Like, great. Give me the thing. Great. What's the one thing? Nope. That's, that's not how this works. The first step is how do you feel? I don't want you to move on and I don't have my clients move on with me until they've mastered that question. That's it. Like we've got to pattern the brain one step at a time because there's so much involved in that. How do you feel question so much for children? It's easier for us to teach them now than for my adults to repattern their brain in a completely or rewire, right? Their, their brain in a different way than it has been for a really, really, really long time for decades decades. And my adult clients are so hard on themselves. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, you got to remember, this has been your patterning for decades of like pushing away and shoving down and ignoring. So I like to go to the basics. If you can teach your kid happy, sad, angry, frustrated, those four, happy, sad, angry, frustrated, that's it. Like start with those four. And you know why? Because they're the most simple to go to. Okay, we can move on to joy and empathetic and excitement and furious later, right? Like we got time for that, okay? But like basics, happy, sad, frustrated, angry, cool. Love him, right? Let's say your child is having a tantrum. I want another piece of cake. Remember, there's a difference between tantrum and meltdown. Plug for that. Go back to that podcast. That's a whole spiel, okay? But let's start with tantrum. Let's just do tantrum for this example. I want another piece of cake. Eye contact, look at them, ask them, boom, how do you feel? This is where it matters. This is where it matters. How do you feel right now? If they do not know, if they cannot verbalize that, that answer, this is when you give them two options. I want you to give them completely different options. Do you feel happy or do you feel sad? And I kind of want you to like emulate that with your face, like smile when you show happiness and like kind of look sad when you're showing talking about the sadness. If they say the second answer and they're super young, switch it up. Ask them again to make sure that they're not just saying the second answer. Okay. That is how you'll know if they actually understand what happy versus sad means, angry versus frustrated, all the different things. Yeah. If they do pick the second answer or you, or they're like, I don't know, I don't know. That is when we do the teaching. That is when it's our job as a parent to educate our children on what the heck an emotion is. Just like the way our children ask, well, but why, but why, but why, but why? That in like inquisitive stage, they're not gonna know what these things mean unless we teach them. So if they don't know, that's a time to say, well, do you feel happy? And this is what happiness feels like, and da, 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 da. Or do you feel sad? This is what sadness feels like. What do you think? Okay, so then hopefully they can give you an answer. If they can't, that's when you can say, do you want to know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing sadness because you really, 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 really want a piece of cake, an extra piece of cake, and I'm seeing lots of sadness. Yeah, now if their children do know their feelings, please thank them for sharing. Please thank them for sharing. Like literally 
everything out of my mouth is thank you so much for sharing. 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 Because again, I want our children to know we appreciate their vulnerability. It is a gift. Do not, do not take that for granted because we want them to tell us again. We don't want it to be a fluke. I have a client who says, it's so uncomfortable for me to say thank you for sharing, but I'm trying and I'm doing it so hard. And I'm like, I love you for trying. Just keep going. Just keep going. It may feel uncomfortable, but literally that's what comes out of my mouth naturally at this point. Thank you so much for sharing, buddy. It is more than okay to feel that way, right? Like same with the, the piece of cake, extra piece of cake example. It is okay to feel sad that you want another piece of cake, but I'm not giving it to you. It's okay to feel that way. I mean, sometimes out, you know, like we want an extra piece of cake, but you know, the restaurant only gives us one slice, right? Like it's a thing, you know? So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing. And then again, we say it is more than okay to feel that way. It is more than okay to feel that way. And then we move into the boundary setting. So let me go back to the Hanukkah example with Charlie. He told me he felt jealous. And I said, thank you so much for sharing. And then we had the conversation of it is more than okay to feel that way. I totally understand the attention was on mom and you wanted that attention for you, right? right? Like, yeah, mom, I wanted to talk about the Hanukkah stuff and like all all the different things, right? Then we say, look, it is okay to feel that way, but la, 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 la. And then we hold the boundary. Then we set the boundary and we say, but when we're in class and we're da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? That's when we explain. That's when we go in with, it is okay to feel that way, but sometimes we got to sit and listen to our teacher. We got to sit and it, sometimes it's not always about you getting the mic, right? In that particular instance. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is to make sure that our children start to be able to verbalize on their own how they're feeling rather than us telling them how they're feeling. Because it is going to matter when they're older. It is going to matter when they're in relationships. It is going to matter when they're trying to find a partner. It is going to matter when they're getting hurt by friends or when they want to share their vulnerability with friends or when they want to thank a friend or thank family. We need, like need, we need them to be able to feel comfortable with their feelings. And that is the ultimate goal, always. Now, I'm gonna give you a really, really important example because this happens a lot. And I find that we so often shame ourselves. And I've talked about this before, maybe even in the Rage, Mom, Parent Rage, Mommy Rage podcast. Let's say you lose it, you go off the rails, you snap, you do whatever, right? Womp, womp. We all do it. Trust me, this shit happens, right? It's okay. I'm telling you, it is okay. Now, what do we usually do? The usual norm from what I hear across the board is mommy shouldn't have done that. Daddy is so sorry. Daddy shouldn't have done that. That is shaming our behavior. And honestly, that is, again, not the most important part of reconnecting and preparing with our children. So the first step, if I, let's say mom has a hard day and I'm like, ah, enough, right? If I can't do it in the moment because I'm still having an overstimulated moment or whatever's going on or I need to regulate myself, 
I take care of that first because I can't be present and show up for the conversation. But you sure as hell believe I'm going to have that conversation at some point that day. And so I say, I'll give you an example. Hey, Eli, how did it make you feel when mommy raised her voice? And he'll look around and he'll say, sad. And I'll say, thank you so much for sharing. It is more than okay to feel sad that mommy raised her voice. It is more than okay. And then if you feel an apology is necessary or you want to share how mommy was having a hard moment or like whatever it is for you, that's when you go into detail. But let them have a voice. Let them say how they feel. Over spring break, we were in the car. We flew into LA and then we saw Emily, who's on our team. She's also widowed like me. And it was fantastic. Our kids got together. We had such a blast. And then we hopped in the car and drove to my great aunt and uncle's for a few days in Santa Barbara. And Charlie was asking some questions about Emily and their family. And we were talking about how, you know, their daddy passed too and how there was a connection there. Charlie was asking very interesting questions, if you will, almost kind of graphic, like more about the the funeral, if you will, just kind of very curious. And I was answering them because I'm, I always answer honestly. And Eli piped in and said, Hey mommy. And I said, yes, Eli. And he said, can we stop talking about this? Because this makes me feel really sad and really nervous. And I said, thank you so much for sharing Eli. Yes, we can absolutely stop talking about this if this is making you feel uncomfortable. Charlie, if you would like to continue this conversation at a different time, I am more than happy to talk with you about any questions you have. And Eli said, thank you, mommy. But I don't believe that if I hadn't laid the groundwork so many years ago that Eli would have ever been able to verbalize his, honestly, his needs and his feelings. And I was blown away that my six-year-old could do that. Like blown away, blown away. And I've been so impressed with both of my children, even though sometimes it's really hard for one of them to share their feelings. I've been so impressed with both of them of how they're allowing themselves to share hard, like hard stuff about how they feel about Jonathan being gone, how they feel about not having a dad, how they feel about what's going on in their lives, how they feel about different circumstances. And that is, like I said, it's worth a million bucks. Because at the end of the day, our children are going to go out in the world and eventually they're going to spread their wings and fly. And we need to know that they have the tools to soar and they have the tools to support their nervous system and support their brain health. And allow themselves to feel, feel the good, feel the down, like feel it all. And I know I've given you some examples today, almost on the, it's easier, if you will, to give examples of when things are hard, let's say, but please, 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 please do not forget to share the highs. I can remember one time we were driving to get dinner like tacos, like nothing special. It was nothing, not a special night. It was nothing, right? We're just going to get tacos. And we were singing in the car and all the different things. And I said, I feel happy right now. Eli, how do you feel? Charlie, how do you feel? 
you have to be able to verbalize those moments so that your brain can literally pattern, oh my gosh, this feels happiness. Because it, I've said this before, it doesn't mean that the entire day is happy. It doesn't mean that the entire day is successful. It just simply means that in that moment, your brain gets to actually feel the happiness and register that as happiness, joy, peace, calm, pre like you have to register it. Ding, ding, ding. You have to tell your brain and the verbalization of it is allowing your brain to kind of connect the dots, almost like connecting, you know, and learning vocabulary words and encyclopedia of like, got it. This feeling is happiness. Let me connect the two. And that equals that. Okay. I will remember that again. And when that feeling comes up, I will be able to recall, recall in my brain that that is what that is. And therefore you'll feel it more often. And therefore you'll be able to verbalize it more often and enjoy those moments. I want you to also know that sometimes this doesn't always show up. I say this type of caveat, if you will, probably often because we can't always push ourselves to show up 1000% of the time. Sometimes you are exhausted and maybe you can't be like, how do you feel right now? Like maybe you can't, it is okay. I want you to know it's okay. But our children have feelings and they are in there. They may not understand or be able to identify the word, but they sure as hell have them. And it is up to us to help them feel the safety and comfort of pulling it out of their body and to be able to verbalize it. And it's so crucially important. So crucially important. And I have to be honest with you, that takes the scripted parenting out of the mix because we're not scripting anything. We're having a real live conversation of, hey, let's talk. Like, tell me how you're feeling. Like, it's okay to feel this way. Like, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Like, all right, let's, let's, let's talk. Like, okay. We don't want to minimize we don't want to belittle. We don't want to overshadow. We just want to validate. That's it. Just be present. That's it. Just be present to the vulnerability of our children. And that will get you so much farther in trust with them and connection with them and the ability to know that they are okay and that they have the tools to spread their wings and fly. And so until next time, take care of yourself. XOXO, Dr. B.